Hey guys, how's it going? It's been another month and Kent and I are back for episode 19 of Kent at Your Own Risk. Kent, I hope you're doing okay. I'm doing pretty good, but I have been exposed to COVID-19 at this point. Thank you, co-workers. Um, I don't have any symptoms so far and I'm 12 days in, so I seem to be doing okay. I guess I could be asymptomatic, but uh, nobody else who's been exposed to either is showing anything, so... Knock on wood. So, were you stuck in quarantine for a while? Uh, no, because by the time we found out from our coworker that he came back positive, it had already been uh, eight days since we had seen him. So, gotcha. Yeah, my my buddy who works in corrections, he ended up with it, and then his fiance and her daughter all. T- all of them tested positive. Only the boy didn't. So, interesting. Uh, I don't go out. I'm a hermit, so I'm not exposed to hardly anything. Um, so, I've been safe from that. Um, my mom's like on like week seven of the hospital, though. Mm-hmm. Came close to dying a few times. She's she's doing better, though, I think. That's good. That's good. I mean, by the time we found out, the, the those of us who had all been around him, you know, he could have potentially just gotten it on our days because he got sick on our days off you know called up hey i'm sick i'm getting tested and then the results came in on our next group of days back at work so i mean potentially he could have gotten sick on exposed got it contracted symptoms really fast and everybody was safe or he could have had it when we worked you know and we're just hoping to god that you know nobody else gets it It, it's one of those it's still a weird it's a weird thing because I feel too many people are kind of looking at like, hey, we're pretty safe. We're in the clear now. And we're really not Yeah, quite. I mean, <laughs> you look at the cases and the cases are getting bigger as everybody is finally just fucking, oh, yeah, let's reopen. Let's reopen everything. So if you're listening to this, the four of you who do, just, you know, be safe and be smart and <laughs> stop laughing, hon. And, uh, you know, wash your hands. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. Outside of that, and I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. You you you've been uh been able to duck duck away from the uh, ongoing race war that that's going on. Yeah, I mean the fact yeah. that the only places I go are work, home, and the gas station makes it you know really easy to avoid that. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. I, I I fortunately avoided it and. Y'all, it was weird though. My mom got transferred to Albany Med, and the, like she got transferred on a th- Thursday or Friday, and that's like the weekend that like all the rioting and stuff began. I was like, "Well, that's comforting," because I mean, you know, here in Fulton County, there ain't shit for riots. At both best, there's like some protests or whatever, but you know, Albany things got a little bit more serial. So, well, I mean, it, you know, Fulton County, the whole county is what, like 50,000 people in a fucking huge ass area. You know, Albany yeah, Albany is like 100,000 in a much more condensed area. Right. And, yeah, I, I mean, obviously this area is significantly uh, more whitewashed than Albany, I would say. And so, yeah, just a different uh, setting, I, I suppose. So. But fortunately, been able to uh, to avoid that, and that's uh, yeah. I don't know. There's really not much to say about it. That 
you know, without getting all fucking philosophical on it, it's just a... Yeah. We have a race war going on during a pandemic, so congratulations on that, America. That's, like, that's impressive, right? I saw somebody somebody posted on Facebook, and the aliens are like, shit, have you seen what's going on on Earth this year? The fucking USA is going insane. They're throwing everything at the kitchen sink at the fucking storyline. They, it's it's really like we are we are our own virtual or our own reality show right now. Just, you know, South Park did an episode, I think it was season seven, called "Canceled," based on that whole premise. And yeah, like if anybody was watching what we were going through right now, yeah, yeah, they'd be like, Jesus, they they really like the producers are really upping the ante here. So and we haven't even got to the election yet. So I, fuck, man. <laughs> 2020 is going to go down as one of those memorable years, if nothing else. Maybe the Mayans right? were off by like eight years. <laughs> I, 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 I'm inclined to, uh, to to wonder about that myself. But anyway, we've got uh, a really exciting one to go over this month. Uh, something I've been wanting to do since we started doing the block back in shit. What was that? Like 2016. Yeah, it was a little, that was a while ago. Cause, yeah, it, it was probably 2016. That, that makes sense. But uh, we're going over the Saw franchise as a whole, and having rewatched the whole thing in the last three weeks or so, I think that was when my my Blu-rays came in finally. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to get into it. Although, let me say this: the Blu-ray package I ordered off of fucking Amazon was like the bare-bones fucking most minimum Blu-ray package I have ever seen. Like, it had the movies, and that's it. It was all in one, one small-ass box, right? One small-ass like, box. not even three, a box. Three discs. You know, like... Yeah. And all it was was the movies. Oh, hey, I've got them. You know, I guess I can get did, by did, without... It came with the digital codes, or no? It did. Yeah, we got the digital Okay, yeah. Funny story, my, that my digital codes got added into our iTunes account instead of our uh, Voodoo or Movies Anywhere account. So now when my son goes to log in to play his Disney movies, there's Jigsaw, Saw 1, Saw 2, Saw 3, and then, and then his list of like Disney animated movies that we have saved. So, Wow. Oh, I mean, there's that. <laughs> Someday I'm going to come home and he's going to be fucking traumatized. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. I, I actually remember this was like one of the very first digital movies. I, I know the first one I ever got was Seven Psychopaths, but this was like right after Seven Psychopaths that I got the the same package that you'd gotten. And yeah, I was very disappointed in the Blu-rays, but the digital codes worked, and actually they gave me an extra free movie. They gave me Saw 3D, both rated and unrated. So, do you? Bonus. Yeah, here's a question for you: When there's a movie that comes out in both versions, do you watch both versions? Like, no. if, yeah, or do you just watch the unrated version? I, I it, okay. So here's the thing: If it's director's cut, always watch director's cut. If it's unrated, always watch the unrated. Just because I'd rather just get everything out of the way. Have you ever seen a circumstance though where the unrated version was worse, or the director's cut was worse than the original movie? Yeah, sometimes there's stuff that's just tacked on that just makes the damn thing too long or they add in too many scenes that you really could... You know, trimming it was the right idea some of the times. Uh, wasn't, like, Apocalypse Now, like, didn't they add a shitload to it? 
I maybe. I don't think I've ever seen the director's cut, so I'm not sure. I, I feel like that's a movie where they just went balls deep, and then they there's three different versions. There's the original, the theatrical, the extended, and then there's like a, a compromised condi- uh, edition. So, yeah. Um, sometimes less is more. Um, usually in horror, though. I mean, horror, I'm always going to go un- unrated because... Yeah. Uh, you just... But he, for the most part, it's just uh, kills, basically. For the most part. Here's what I don't understand, though. Like, I always read, like, about how, like, the studio made, made the director cut this or this out because it was too violent. And I'm sitting here now, I'm like... How much more violent? Like, where is... Like, I don't understand where the line is because I see some really messed up stuff and I'm like, how is this not part of the NC-17 line, so to speak? It really makes me wonder. Yeah, I mean... Overall, if you compare Saw to a lot of other series like this, it's not as bad as some of them. But yeah, I mean, even even then, still, some of the stuff, I'm like... Eh. It, yeah, I, I remember being very excited for uh, well, way back when Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses came out because I'd heard, you know, read that, you know, oh, you had to cut this, this, and this out. So super excited for the uh, uncut version. Was, you know, I saw it and I was like, okay, I, I don't. Uh, this wasn't any more hardcore, really, than anything else that I'd seen. Like, I don't know. I'm, I, I think I'm just totally desensitized. I, I, I must be, but. Yeah, whatever yeah i mean it's it's weird thinking about the person i was as a little kid you know like the stuff that would bother me and like the stuff that i can watch now while i'm eating and it doesn't even face me yeah yeah i've never been a person that's uh had that issue thankfully but i know a lot of people that i try to watch horror movies while eating dinner and my goodness that that becomes a production so yeah um, we'll get to it later but I will say this oddly enough there's only one scene in this whole franchise that even remotely makes me squeamish and it's not a death scene <laughs> I'm trying to think now hmm alright well yeah. are we ready to just deep dive jump right in fucking let's go wrist deep alright so Saw 1 came out or just Saw if you want to, you know, use the actual title, in 2004. And I remember I was in Iraq uh, when it came out, and I had gotten leave to go home. Um, Well, I was in Iraq when all the, the trailers and everything came out, and my grandfather died on my birthday. And so I got leave to go home, and I actually was in the States for the release. And I went and saw it with my stepdad, Dennis. My mom was like, no, I don't want to see that. It looks like it's too good. It could be too gross. And, uh, so, I mean, I don't know like how much of like just the situation, you know, but I think overall it holds up as well as a good movie. But I think the situation also colored why I liked it, uh, so much. And then, yeah, a little further down the road, like the first movie my wife and I ever watched together was Saw 3. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a great date movie. But, um, I mean, just to, to spit out my opinion right at the beginning, I fucking love this series. 
Yeah, there's definitely been highs and lows, but I remember as it was releasing year by year, because that was one of the things that we ended up getting after Saw was as successful as it was, was there was a yearly release for seven years, and then there was a seven-year break, and then we got Jigsaw. Um, was that intentional, do you think, that they did the seven-year run, then waited seven years? I don't think it was intentional. I think it was like... Circumstantial, perhaps? I think people were like, we have we have the IP that we're just sitting on and not making any money from. Let's see if we can resuscitate interest in, in the, the, the movies. Fair enough. Although, I mean, I would say probably not, too, because movies usually typically go into pre-production you know, a year or two prior to when they actually release. And some of them that don't you know, end up making headlines because of what a short release date they have compared to, you know, how long. Whereas, you know, the ones that take longer, like, I don't know, the, the one that Ethan Hawke did where they filmed, like, a week of him and the, the, the cast, like, every year for, for 10 years or whatever, 18 years, 20 years, whatever it was. Right. That, yeah, that was a I mean, that obviously took way longer. Right. I don't remember where I was going with that. Anyways, but <laughs> okay. So that was the the back. So I saw it when I was home uh, for my grandfather's funeral, and it's you know looking back at it now, it's it's pretty simple premise, and you know a lot of it. It's a lot of like tricks to the movie. You know, you don't really ever see too much of the in the original one. You know, most of it's left to the imagination and the the quick like jump cuts and stuff uh but i mean a yeah. lot of shit came out of that like in addition to the, the saw series i mean lee wannell is a wannell one l has written some pretty decent movies in addition to that uh james wan i think is a great director I, I I love looking up James uh, James Wan's like whole thing on IMDb because every time I look it up I'm like I'm really I'm always impressed that like he really built himself something out of Saw like it, it really helped legitimize him and it, he he not only legitimized himself in horror he legitimized himself like just in general mainstream which. Not many people do that too well to make that conversion, I don't think. I mean, he's been able to cross over from doing horror and doing good horror to doing billion-dollar movies. You know, superhero, uh, comic book, action franchises, you know, Fast and Furious. So. Definitely interesting career. Same thing with Lee Wannell. I mean, uh, I was looking over, and a lot of his stuff is um, uh, horror. But then there was like a couple other things. I was like, "Damn, I didn't realize he he wrote that." So yeah, he, he's also he's very interesting. Uh, just just an interesting guy to read up on for anybody that's not familiar with his work. I mean, not just IMDb, but I mean, there's other places to go and just check out, like, uh, just read up on him in general. He's he's an interesting dude, I think. So, I would agree with that. Didn't he do, uh, shit. Was he, I don't know, maybe I'm mistaken, was he part of, like, collector or collection at one point? 
I don't think so. He did. He did. Uh, he wrote Insidious, like that whole series, which I know you're not a big fan of. Um, he did that upgrade. I don't know if you saw that. That was really good. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I know he did Cooties, which yeah. I thought was really fun. And he, oh, Dead Silence. He and James Wan did that, you know, right after Saw. Right, which yeah, it was underrated. And um, absolutely, he did the the Invisible. He wrote the Invisible Man one that just came out. That like hearing nothing but good stuff about. Yeah, I've heard I've heard really good things about that one. Huh. Yeah, I have no idea what the hell I was talking about with uh, Collector. I don't know. I'm confusing him with something, but that's okay. It happens. Yeah. I mean, the movies confused each other with something, so... Jesus, yeah. <laughs> but actually, a lot of this uh, stuff was actually based on nightmares that James and, and Lee had as kids, actually. for At least for the original uh, Saw. Dude, could you imagine what your childhood must be like if that's the fucking shit that you're dreaming about? I can really relate to it, man. So, yes. Yes, I can. And it just makes me happy to hear this. Uh, I don't know if happy should be the reaction I have, but it did make me happy. But, I mean, it, it had a pretty decent cast for... for. I mean, the budget was, what, under a million dollars and it ended up making like $80 million in the theater? Yeah, overall made over $100 million. And I only know that because the whole thing was... Uh, Carrie, uh, uh, is it Carrie Elways? Is that how you pronounce it? Do you know? I always pronounce it Elways, but I could be fucking saying it wrong. I, I, yeah. So, anyways, fucking Gordon, like he, there. I don't know if it was part of the like a verbal thing or whatever, but obviously that's why he wasn't in any of the other ones until you get to part seven because there was the contract dispute where he was under the impression he was supposed to get one percent of the profit, which would have been a damn fine payday, all things considered. And I guess they sell that out of court. So, yeah. Like, they made a buttload of money off of a short film that they shopped around for a while. And, I mean, since we're kind of talking about the the uh, casting, uh, I think the casting director asked uh, Lee who... He, they wanted for Amanda, and he's like, "Well, I used to have a crush on Shawnee Smith, not expecting remotely at all to get her, and sure enough, that's how they got her." Yeah, I remember hearing that too, and like that's cool. Like, could you imagine? Oh, I used to have a, I used to have a crush on Kent, and then they're like, "Hey, Kent, would you come be in this movie for us?" Yeah, well, I mean, what else? Would, uh, honestly, like, I'm not trying to make fun of her, but like, she. She really didn't have a huge career. This is probably her most career-defining thing, oh, yeah, right? And like, yeah. So, like, where the fuck did he see this from? You know, uh, she was in the the remake of The Blob, and she was also in The Stand. So, take your pick of those two. That's my two best guesses with her. Yeah. I, 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 I otherwise, I really have no idea what else. Like, unless he was like obsessed with some other movie that she might have had a small role in but she looked hot as hell yeah, I, Carnival I, I, of Souls, I remember that one yeah, yeah. I mean not, not too many big things right so. Arsenio <laughs> <laughs> she was a waitress in The Shining wow, wow. yeah not a very uh... <sighs> but I love The Blob 
and I'm gonna guess the blob or instead of the stand, even though the stand is where I grew my my uh, my my affection for her. She was cute in the blob as well, which also has a really decent cast for for <laughs> what it was. Just just to say saying yeah, not a bad movie. Yep, gotcha. So I mean, anyways, the whole premise is Jigsaw is a not a serial killer, but he's a serial killer. You know, he never murders people. Just puts them in the position where they have to kill themselves by getting out of these traps in order to try to rehabilitate them. I think, extendedly, when you start looking at the whole mythology after all the movies come out, that breaks down. But, you know, for a single movie, it worked and was an interesting twist. Um, I mean, you basically have a bottle drama where they're stuck in one room for 90% of the movie and everything else is flashbacks. Uh, you know, you had cameos by like Danny Glover, Dina Meyer, uh, Michael Emerson before he got big, you know, Monica Potter again before she pretty much got big. Yeah. It's all right. Normally I don't go that far off on, uh, actresses, but my goodness, the three big name females were all women that I really, really liked in other stuff beforehand. So that was really cool. Like I loved Monica Potter and Con Air and was, when was that before yeah, I guess it was before so. Oh yeah, yeah, that was in the nineties. Um I'm actually redoing all my blogs because all my blogs for Saw were written back in 2013, and I apparently was a, a jackass back then, so all my blogs were terrible. Uh, so I'm really redoing them, and, and yeah, I was like noticing how good, like, how good the casting was, and Danny Glover delivers a sneaky good performance here. Yeah, I mean, it, it reminded me kind of of, like, do you ever remember, uh, what was it, Switchback? Nope. He plays a serial killer in that with, uh, it was the first thing I saw Jared Leto in, and uh, Dennis Quaid's in it with him, too. He's an FBI agent tracking him. I kind of remind, I mean, he's not a serial killer in this, obviously, but, like, the the nuance of the performance kind of reminds me of that. Oh, yeah, I, I, I really liked how they, I mean, his character probably goes through he goes through a lot of changes in it, and he delivered on all of them. Plus, I mean, Detective Tap, I'm pretty sure in, in the Saw video game, they, they reference Detective Tap quite a bit. I'm pretty sure that he's the character you get if you download the uh, Saw thing for um, Dead by Daylight. You get you get Amanda as the killer, and he's the survivor. Well, there we go. A game I haven't played, but I think I own on both PC and Xbox, so... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I don't know how deep you want to get into this individually, but I, I like the movie. I, you know, one of the things that I respect about it too, going back, is you know how much they're able to do without showing, you know, the gore. Right. Like, it's, I mean, what was the goriest thing that happened in 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 it? Do you would you say? Well, uh, let's see. Was it Amanda going through what ended up being pig uteruses? Because I had to look that up. Um, 
Shit, where the hell was that in, in this one? That, that was when she, she was ripping open her her cell, or her roommate there yeah. to get the key. Like, that's what the blood and guts were made up of, gotcha. was pig fetuses. Um, uh, either that, I mean, they, they show it a little bit when Carrie, or Gordon, goes to cut his leg off, but they don't show the whole thing. Right, like, had they gone through and shown the whole thing, that would have been an obvious one, And but they and didn't. They don't, they don't really show you anything with the second dude. No, and uh, you um, you you see like the body for the first maybe the the shotgun. The shotgun was brutal, and I would also say the the slicing of Danny Glover's throat was up yeah. pretty damn awesome. Nothing that we hadn't seen before, but the timing of it was was good. I, man, I, you, sometimes you're watching this and you're just like. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I know what's happening, but I feel like the first time I'm watching it, I'm just in there like, no, just just chill for a bit there, guy. Like, you don't need to keep keep trying to be a hero. Uh, I, I, that whole thing where Danny gets his throat sliced, sliced actually annoyed me. Still kind of annoys me to, to an extent. Like, he's so intent on it, and then, like, he just lets one little thing distract him. Well... <sighs> Yo, you're kind of blowing your load there, I feel. I mean, That's all. the biggest thing, I think, for, like, most of these, and they answer it a couple times in some of the later ones, but, like, how many times in these movies are you seeing the cops going in with, like, no fucking backup? Yeah. Like, and into into a fucking... Like, the first one, they get a little bit of slack because it's the first one. But you're going into, like, fucking abandoned buildings owned by, like, this fucking madman who's building these elaborate death traps, like, all over the place and just fucking murking people left and right underneath you, and you're still running in without backup. Sorry, Agent Strom, that's a fucking bad idea. <laughs> right, it's a terrible idea, and... Yeah, it just... It was one of those things where you know that this dude is clearly knows what he's doing, so maybe you just take a step back and collect yourself rather... Like, just offering yourself up on a platter just seems kind of stupid. There's a reason why I don't fuck with people with engineering degrees anymore. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, What would you say about people uh, that... would either say this is basically a horror horror version of Usual Suspects because it's just a big twist reveal at the end and nothing else, like zero substance. Like, because there's a lot of people that basically, when this came out, just basically said it's it's kind of no different than Sixth Sense in that it's just a big twist and not much else. Um, I would disagree. I mean, it's it it's been imitated now enough and I don't really think I I guarantee that this first one doesn't fall into the whole torture porn genre. It might have, no, it it might've spawned it. And I would say some of its successors definitely do straddle that line. If not jump completely in there, but this one is, yeah, it's almost more of a mystery than any kind of horror movie. And, uh, for, for every scene that like, Carrie and Lee, like, overact. There's also a scene in there where they're, like, doing some pretty well-nuanced shit that I think gets overlooked. The overacting happens mostly in the final act, especially Gordon. (laughs) Like, 
he he just goes for it and you can tell he's having fun and then they add the the nice like him the really pasty white complexion i'm like i'm i'm loving this i don't care how cheesy it is i'm i'm loving it uh yeah i, mean, I actually thought a lot thought of that was, lee yeah, go did good yeah no, i mean like I think, like, every time I think about the overacting, I think about the scene where he pretends to die from the poison cigarette. So funny. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, no one in real life would pretend to fucking biff it like that. But yeah, there's a lot of incredibly subtle stuff in here. Um, You know, the, for, for the twists, yeah, I mean, it is kind of sixth sense, but none of it's fake. I mean, they, if you look, and like the ending montage is one of the best in the whole series because they take it slow enough to show, you know, they put the focus on uh, all of this shit that they were showing. It, it it wasn't cheated. You know, you obviously didn't know enough to know at that point, but when you go back and you watch it on a second viewing, you can see that everything that, that they reveal was in there. Some of the shit in the later ones kind of, you would have had to have been fucking psychic to fucking figure the shit out, but yeah, for me, uh, I, I call bullshit on people that say, "Oh, I just knew that he, that guy in the middle of the room, was alive the whole time." Like you knew that, and and you knew like the whole outcome of it. I'm like, so either you know spoilers, or you're just talking out your ass, like. I, I get it. There are some people that could have easily just as randomly predicted it, no different than me saying during Sixth Sense that, you know, the whole dead people thing, which is what exactly what I did. Uh, you know, it happens. You can get lucky every once in a while, but the people that are just like, wow, I, I, I knew it because I was paying attention. There really wasn't enough clues there for you to make that deduction the first time you're watching it. No, they, I, mean, I don't they, think. They never... A, you never see his face when he's down there on the ground. And B, they don't show you enough of Tobin Bell in the bed in the hospital to put together two and two. But did you see the drawing of his? Uh, probably not. Yeah, like, okay. I always find it interesting <laughs> that when people watch movies and they stay outside of them enough to try to do all this guesswork and stuff. You know, when I watch a movie, if it's a good movie, I'm invested in it. I try to picture, you know, pull together stuff at at the end, but I'm just focused on what I'm seeing in front of me. Sure. You know, like I remember uh, one of the things that, that got me about the sixth sense afterwards, I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. You know, I thought it was weird that Bruce Willis was in the same fucking outfit for the entire fucking movie, but now it makes sense. God, I really wish I didn't bring up Sixth Sense because now we've brought that movie up too many times and I really hate that movie. It makes me sad. On another note, when you first see John in the in the hospital, mm-hmm. on his little hospital tray table there, there is a drawing of the reverse bear trap. No shit. Yeah, I have a screenshot saved on my computer from way back when I first learned about it. I was like, holy shit, I gotta go see if that that's a thing. And yeah, it sure enough is a thing. So, you know, there, I'm sure there was a couple of eagle-eyed viewers that were like, whoa, 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 type thing. But by and large, you're not gonna... It goes by, it's so quick. And, you and don't, especially because it's in the background and it's not what the camera's focusing on. So that's typically right. not what your eye's gonna focus on. Do you feel that 
And like, I didn't quite understand. Maybe I missed it. Why was Zep part of the game? Like, what what did he do to deserve to be part of the game? We don't. We just don't know enough about him. Uh, he said, "I forgot what the actual words were when he when they play his his tape." Yeah, I just I feel I wish it was he was probably the one character I would have liked. You know, one more minute of screen time for his story would have been nice oh, for me. Hold on, there's actually a question right on a the IMD page. Okay, it is not explicitly revealed. Fair enough. Now. You mentioned the whole final montage thing, and I'll say this. There's nothing in horror movies that gets me quite as excited as the final reveal montage for every Saw movie, because you got the great music playing, because the, the soundtrack itself... is awesome. I mean, and <laughs> like, when I saw that first fucking trailer for Spiral, and, you know, they, they didn't have the, the whole title out yet, and so I was like, oh, what's the fucking Chris Rock movie? What the... And then the music starts playing it. I'm like, holy shit, is that what I think it is? Uh, yeah. Like, and here's the weird thing, though. The soundtrack prior to the the final montage was terrible. It was loud music, like overly loud, aggressive music. And I'll say this. I, all right, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but I think I'm right. I feel that Saw fell into the early 2000 horror trap in a few of the scenes where just the cinematography, they tried doing like that rapid pace stuff. Like, uh, you, Christ, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, House on Haunted Hill had some rapid scenes, like yeah. where people are just moving really fast and they kind of skip frames type thing. Kind of like that '90s, early 2000s, like MTV video right. editing style. I and I I wish they. They didn't need to go that route to make make the scene like um, Amanda, for instance. Her her whole thing. They had loud music, and the loud music was trying to give get us like into the vibe. They could have really. They didn't have to go with such loud music, and they didn't have to film it in that way. And it still could have been equally as effective. Uh, just my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, by and large, I mean for. I don't want to say this was the first effort, but this was like their first feature-length movie. I'm pretty sure this was a hell of a thing. And above all, for me, I remember watching this. I remember being cheap. I remember downloading it. Uh, I remember seeing it, thinking I really don't care for this. And then I had like a friend come over, and he hadn't seen. It. I'm like, all right, I'll watch it again. Like I was very, I didn't like dislike it, but I was like, this was a perfectly average horror movie with a good twist ending. And then I watched it again, and then I liked it so much. I was like, you know what? I want to give it another shot down the road. And eventually, probably you know, twenty times later, here I am. So, yeah, I definitely made sure that I showed this to my mom. I I remember. So that once again shows the kind of person I am. <laughs> All right, you got anything else to say about the first one? No, because probably most of my t- my discussion is going to revolve around Saw 2. So okay. we can head for that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so then we get a year later, Saw 2, again, right before Halloween, which is what the the annual releases became to be. You know, people were like, oh, it's another Halloween, another Saw. 
some people were happy, some people were like, eh. Um, so we kind of get like the formula for most of the rest of the series. Not all of them, but most of them in regards to the fact that now instead of just a couple people in a room, you have a bunch of people in like a house or a maze or a kind of uh, ordeal that they have to go through where it's not just one thing at a time. Uh, we finally really get to meet Jigsaw or uh, John Kramer as a character. Tobin Bell has such an awesome voice, you know, like it was perfect for, for Jigsaw. He's so, dude, I, I almost got a tattoo of Tobin Bell. That that's where I'm at with my love for that man. We get uh more from people who were actually police at the time, you know, including more Dina Meyer, who's great. Uh can I just say, isn't it funny that if you look at like IMDB She's always credited as just Carrie. She's not like detective or anything else. She's just Carrie. I always found that kind of weird because everybody else, you know, it's like Detective Matthews, Detective Rig, or you know, Hoffman, yeah. whatever. She's just Carrie. <laughs> we got Donnie Wahlberg taking over for the overacting in this one. I doubt it. Dude. <laughs> Come on, you know it's a good reference. <laughs> it is a really good reference. I, uh, I might have lost somebody on Blue Bayou. I too, I'm not sure. Uh. One of the only things I've seen Emmanuel Va- Valle in after that one uh, Need for Speed video game that she was the main character, and she's really hot. Um, I don't know. What do you think about Saw 2? I want to ask your opinion before I, I throw mine in, into the fray. Uh, okay. Uh, it's easily the best Saw movie in the franchise for me. Uh, I kind of wrote at length in the blog, which will be at 9 by the time that, you know, I finally post this podcast. Um, the thing is, this movie reinvented the franchise, even though it's only part two, but it reinvented the franchise to allow it to actually be a franchise and actually have successful sequels. Because had they just tried to do like this random like surprise twist at the end in the same way that Saw One was, it would the franchise would have just died in the water after part two. But because they reinvented the wheel, so to speak, and they it was still wasn't a slasher, but they, they just changed it just enough to have like this whole group vibe rather than like you said, the two people. It saved the franchise and if you think about like Halloween 4 saved Halloween. Uh, Friday the 13th 4 saved Friday the 13th. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. So on and so forth. It's funny because Part 2 rarely saves the franchise, but in this case, this film saves the franchise. And the twist was still just as good because you know th- this film taught us, if nothing else, just listen to what the hell Jigsaw says when he establishes the rules. If he says the word safe like five times... You know, maybe think about the safe. If he tells you all I'm telling you is just to talk to me, maybe you just sit there and talk to him. Like you learn this this film teaches you more about the rules and why they're in place and I don't know. I, I, I thought it was really good. I thought the dude, uh Glenn Plummer who played Jonas was awesome. Uh there was a few characters like Laura that 
I didn't care about, but like Obi in his little bit of time, I thought was dynamite. So for me, there was a lot to love personally. You? Well, I'm kind of feeling bad, but this is like my second to least favorite out of all of them. Yep, you should feel shame. No, no, no. I, I definitely agree with you, though, that like this is what allowed it to be a series. And um, like I said, it basically formulated the way the rest of them go. I don't, it's not like it's a bad movie. I just, there were, there were ones I liked better. Like, it was more, definitely more violence and gore than the first one. You know, and you can... I don't know. I think we can probably attribute that to the change in director. Like Darren Lynn Boosman, he's done a bunch of stuff that I've actually liked and seen. Like Repo the Genetic Opera is one of my favorite uh, musicals. <laughs> I mean, being a horror musical, it's kind of weird. But um, he he's also done some stuff that's just kind of, eh. Like, I don't know how much of his... Uh, filmography you've seen but like Abacus. I've seen Tales of Halloween now I'm not sure which one he directed now that I'm looking him up <laughs> but like Abattoir it's kind of like super just meh it wasn't bad it wasn't it was just kind of eh. you know what, what the fuck's the point um at the same time it's not anywhere near as like mean as Saw 3 is I think that's the meanest one out of them all um, I think part of like my problem with with Saw Two is that like yeah there are characters that like we never get fucking any backstory on. Like if I remember correctly, like Laura, we never find out she just fucking dies beforehand. She just keeps collapsing and is unhealthy the whole film, and like gives so she's just the reason for Daniel to have screen time and somebody to talk to. Yeah, so I, I thought look to me it was like you know maybe. Maybe Amanda's a little too old for him to kind of fucking flirt with, like he's he's doing with the the chick that he's helping walk around the entire thing. Exactly. Yeah. And um, like the whole like Donnie Wahlberg, like he he eats it up just as much as the other two do in the first one. So I mean, it's it's nowhere near the bottom, but it's it's not just the top for me. I did like the reveal. Uh, at the end with Amanda that worked out well. Uh, one of the things I don't get, and maybe it's just me, but like, I don't get how many people seem to think that like the needle pit is the worst thing in all of saw. Cause it is. I was, that was going to be my next topic is the needle pit is the worst trap in all of saw. It just is like, like to me, like if, if they said, yeah, there's like HIV in every single one of those needles. Okay. That makes it a little bit worse, but I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, you could potentially get in there without injuring yourself at all. If you had shoes on, sorry, Amanda. Here's the thing. All those needles looked horribly filthy. They did. They they look filthy. You know, the one shot you get. Yeah, they really like grimed grimed that up for that shot. The thing is, like, you're constantly going to get poked and prodded as you're digging through, and you have to dig through. And I mean, I don't. Obviously, I don't know. It's like they got you. Like, we're we're led to believe that they got used needles because they were grimy as fuck. So, like, 
if Amanda's in on it, like she's she's subjecting herself to potential diseases. Like I found that part just a little weird if I put it in that context. Simultaneously, just to go with real world consequences, most of the stuff that would technically be a lot worse. Uh, they aren't as worse for me because this took a minute. She was just in the pit of needles for a minute, just constantly getting prodded. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, dude, this is something I've had numerous conversations with people about, which, once again, speaks volumes about me and my life. But, yeah, I've talked about this. And, and for me, pound for pound, this is the definitive trap, despite nobody dying from it. Wow. I mean, I, yeah, okay. I guess I can get it. Like, I mean, I've I've given myself IVs before. You know, one of the things you had to do when I was in the military and getting um, certified is you have to be able to give yourself an IV. Uh, Oof. Like, sad. I can't do. I don't do well with giving myself needles. But needles themselves don't bother me. You can you can stab me all you want with needles, and I'm pretty chill about it yeah. for you like, know remember, within reason. I remember when I was in high school and I cracked my kneecap. Um, you know, I, I split the skin over it when I when I hit the wall. Um, you know, so I had to have a couple stitches because it was one of the things where you know the skin split rather than just cut. Right. And you know, when they do stitches, I'm sure you know, right? You've had stitches before. Yeah. Where they they have to lift the skin far enough away that when they're you know doing the the needle through the hook that they're not actually jabbing your muscle or any of the shit in the inside dude like right. my mom i thought my mom was gonna fucking pass out like in the middle of the like she she got like as white as the background on my uh uh internet explorer screen right now i was like well you might want to sit down mom and me i'm just watching it i was like i can't feel it they gave me you know um novocaine or whatever the hell the like local yeah, anesthetic the, type the, shit the whatever. anesthetic they use was i'm like it just it looks weird, you know. I I'm certain that like if I ever had something done, you know, where they pull out the bone saw, I probably would be looking away at that. But and needles needles don't bother me. Wow, I I didn't know you had to give yourself IV like like when I had my my stomach surgery uh, when I went home, I had to do like a week where I had to give myself a needle to the belly, and it wasn't like insulin or anything. I don't remember what the fuck it was. But I just couldn't do it. I made other people do it for me. It wasn't painful, but I tried to do it. I hated it. I hated yeah. you, actually you doing it. Able to, um, you had to be able to give somebody else one, and you had to be able to give yourself one. You know, in case in a situation where like you need to be able to keep yourself alive in order to keep somebody else alive. Luckily, the sense. only people they made us trach were the uh, practice dummy. Oh, okay. Makes even more sense. But yeah, I... Uh, I, th- I think, too, they were kind of just finding their way with the, the traps in this one. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, this, this was like a... This wasn't a brand new movie, but by and large, this was a different enough concept that they were, once again, kind of like relearning, and this was the basis for at least, at the very least, three, four, and five, I would say. Definitely. I think it's interesting, too, if you if you look at like the trivia for it, that the director was trying to make a different movie previously before Saw came out. And then when they saw that Saw was a hit, they're like, hey, would you be willing to work with Lee to 
redo the the uh, script for it and make it a Saw sequel. Yeah, that is pretty uh, pretty interesting. Let me ask you this: What were your thoughts on Frankie G's performances as Xavier? Uh, I don't know who he is outside of this movie, but he is definitely a little bit over the top in this one. He reminds me of like the every hostile guy in every Cube film. So he, all three he, of them. He really did kind of look like the dude in the first one. I have, since I haven't seen the second, and third one, I can't really. Yeah, he really is a lot like the first dude in, in, in the first. Yeah, it's funny, and I don't know. Like, it's I've only seen like three of his movies. I've seen this. I saw the Italian Job, which I absolutely loathed, and uh, oh, Dead dude, Man see, Down. You see the the dude they brought in in the Italian Job? Dude, I I honestly can't remember that. I'm glad I can't remember a damn thing about that movie. That movie angers me. <laughs> like that that movie was like cancer for Ed Norton's career makes me sad to think about that movie Okay, and you know Ed Norton actually didn't want to do the movie either but that was the only way he could fulfill his two film roles for the studio they said if you just do this we'll count this as your last two and he knew it was bad yeah the, the script was definitely not that strong in that one it's great great talent in it just horrible execution that's all definitely um, you know, I, I feel this is an okay question to ask, even though we haven't got to part three. But when you think about it, Shawnee Smith's hair better in two or three? Definitely better in three. Okay. I'm not. You know, it short hair and women can work. My wife has done it a bunch of times. My my mom has done it a bunch of times. But like, short hair with bedhead combined with like crazy look. I mean, it definitely sells it that she's not, you know, it sells the belief that she could have relapsed in between one and two, you know, before you get to the re- reveal. But, uh, yeah, not not a good look in my opinion. She looks more like the character with the wild hair, but, yeah, she, she looked gorgeous in, in part three, I thought. So it was just something I noted. I was like... This really fits her, like her hair in part two, but I'm still going to opt for her hair in, in three. So, um, all right. One other thing I was, I was trying to figure out, like, Jonas. Jonas's death, like, Obi, Obi's death coincided with some part of his character, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, every, a lot of the characters' deaths coincided with their characters Jonas's death it had to happen but it didn't coincide with the character at all that was one thing I didn't quite get no I mean in the same thing with I forgot what the dude's name is but the guy who gets the shot in the face right at the beginning Gus yeah like so I mean it's it's like some of it works you know like uh, I guess okay Addison Obi and then some of them just die, and it's like, well, okay, you're so, like right. you're, you're killing some people with a theme, and some people are just being victims, and some people are there just to progress a plot. So it, it really, yeah, like Gus was Gus was just there to progress a plot, and that's fine. We knew all thirty seconds of Gus. I was fine losing him, but 
you know, Jonas, on the other hand, was given substantial screen time, was really a, a great, likable character from my perspective, uh, and just kind of went out in a weird way. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I found... I just found that incredibly odd from a writing standpoint. And I completely forgot what else... I, oh, I know what else I wanted to talk about. Can we... Let's take a moment here and make fun of how dumb Addison is. With the, the trap? Yeah. Dude, yeah. So, like, so many times I look at like how people die in these movies and I'm like, if you just, like, I don't know, didn't reach your hand all the way in, you like maybe just push the shit up with your fingers on one hand and reached in when you had this shit extended all the way on the other, and then you're like, oh, oops. Dude, it's the single most offensive trap to me in my in my mentality. It's this... As much as I love the the needle pit, like this weighs down everything good because why would you reach up to the sec to the second hole? And I'll also offer this as something to think about. They explicitly show Amanda cutting her or slitting her wrist or whatever you want to call it in this film. Why not give that character trait to Addison to add to that? Like. You di- we didn't. Who cares if Shawnee's if Amanda's slitting her wrist? You know, you could have shown. It. Obviously, she cut her thighs. We saw later on. So, yeah. like, give that give that character trait to Addison. That would have helped a lot with with that, at the very least. Just yep. horrible, hor hor. And also, like, did that door just magically appear because nobody else had found that door, and suddenly, like, she just finds it and. Yeah, like, I mean, I, yeah, mm, yep. It's one of those things where, all right, the door is there. Well, the only other thing you could think of there is, you know, when they're first looking around the house, Amanda's the one who's leading them to all the other spots, right? So did she go up the door and like fuck around? Oh, play with it just a little bit. Oh, nope, it's locked. Can't make it in. Yo, it's it's stupid stuff like this though, because I'm a glutton for stupidity, like. I mean, because I'm going to be doing uh, Maximum Overdrive in nine days. Like, this movie has enough great things and enough really dumb things to make that perfect combination of entertaining as hell for me. Because there's a lot of really dumb things about this, and I know I overgrade this film, and it's strictly on my enjoyment factor. And Corey Matthews older brother in Boy Meets World named Eric Matthews. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. So you're saying Boy Meets World leads into Saw? Well, Home Alone does, so why not Boy Meets World? There you go. Let's ruin, yeah. let's ruin childhood things for every kid. Absolutely. That, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm all about. So you said this is your second to least favorite? Yeah, it's... Okay. Maybe, you know, it might be my third. Like, well, I'll do a complete ranking later. We'll get to it, yeah. Okay. All right, I've had my say about this. I don't know if you have anything else to add. No, I really don't. I mean, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it enough when it came out to definitely be looking forward to Saw 3. Do you you feel that they they fell into the same... I don't know. Do they do it in every single Saw? Like, I noticed that at least in Saw 1, 2, and 3, that they have at least one scene with the same type of cinematography that I was talking about earlier. Like, 
I, it felt like a must-have for some reason in the early well, Saw franchise. Part of it in the early ones was it, it fell into all this, the majority of the uh, traps, and it was a way for them to show gore. But gore in like a frantic vibe, without right. without explicitly showing it. Like compare compare like the deaths in Saw One and Saw Two, to like the chick who gets her eyes gouged out in Saw Final Chapter. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's way yeah. more blatant. You know, no cut cutaways or anything in that. So, all right, I'm good with moving on. And I finally opened up my window because it is 79 degrees in here, and that's not normal for me. <laughs> 